We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Steve Perhedge. Joined as always by Sarah Kelleher and not Dusty Evely. Sarah, it's uh it's a little disappointing. The NFL has kind of screwed us, but I'm a little bit hurt because I feel like we have officially found out where we stand in the rankings of the Dusty world of his articles come before the podcast. So it kind of, it hurt. I don't know how you're feeling, but my feelings are kind of hurt right now. Yeah, I'm just sad because obviously this weekend was awesome. The Packers offense at least looked amazing. We won against the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers is back, we think. And I was so excited to break it down. The three of us talk, and the Dusty's like, I can't make it. And I was like, that's just kind of a buzzkill. Don't be a buzzkill, Dusty. <laughs> so so everybody gets the under, understanding of what's going on. Dusty always breaks down the All-22 film, and apparently it's pretty notorious that the NFL is very, very late in issuing the All-22 film um, the, for after the first week. So that's kind of where it is. He wasn't able to get his hands on the All-22 film until tonight. So he's got articles coming out that need to be written and everything. So obviously we're just giving him crap and we understand that yeah. he's got some, some stuff to do. But we always enjoy when the whole when the whole team is together. But it's going to be fun breaking down the Packers' victory, looking forward to the game against the Lions this weekend, and uh, talking a little bit, uh, I mean – 
how exciting was it that the NFL is back? Like, it's just, like, all NFL, Sunday I watched football, and it was awesome. Yeah. NFL and college football, like, Saturday and Sunday, I just sat on my couch and watched TV all day, and I have absolutely no shame in saying that because <laughs> it was it was just exhilarating to watch. I mean, like, I went to UCF. A bunch of you listening know that. And UCF didn't even play last weekend. Their first game is this weekend, and I was still like, oh, college football and then the next day I woke up and I felt like I was going to puke because I was so nervous for the passing <laughs> game and then I don't know what it was but as soon as it started I'm like I'm so excited I'm just thankful and I was so happy to just be able to watch and I was able to watch the game with my parents which was amazing and yeah I mean obviously the wind was incredible yeah I, I this may be like hot takey and I know it sounds very weird but college football doesn't do a lot for me um, I, I, the NFL I'm all about, but I didn't go to a big school, so I was never huge on like going to games or doing anything like that. And I've put it out there before I know, and there's people that, that definitely don't agree with it, but I'm like, college football's for me, it's kind of like, meh, whatever. It's fine. It's a, you know, it's a watered down product of the NFL. So, uh, but I, I put something out like, I'm like, I could be fine if college football wasn't around and somebody's like, dude. People can see you're tweeting this. Like, you should delete that. <laughs> you still have time to delete this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, no, it stays up. But, uh, all right, let's 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 go down over uh, some of the things that happened in the NFL over the last couple of days. Uh, looks like the Packers are going to catch another break in playing the Saints because Michael Thomas, it appears, is going to be, I think, going on the IR uh, his high ankle sprain was worse than first thought, so it looks like he can, if he does go on the IR, that he will be able to get back after, I think, the new rules are like three weeks or something like that. But if that's the case, then he misses that week three game with the Packers, and that's huge news. I mean, the they, the Packers lucked out last year and missed Mahomes. Now they're missing uh, Michael Thomas. And, I mean, if you watch that Saints game, like, they're – their offense is good. It's not crazy. I feel like Kamara, if Kamara was out, that would be the one you'd be like, oh, okay, we're good now. <laughs> but uh, Michael Thomas is not going to be there, and you know that's Drew Brees' favorite uh, passing option. So um, look for a lot of Emmanuel Sanders there. But that's that's some some good news on the Packers' front. And then, you know, let's see what else happened. The Packers' world Twitter world exploded because – Wide receivers are available for trade, Sarah. I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, apparently Allen Robinson of the Bears has deleted everything off of his Twitter from uh, th- that says that he's a Bears receiver, like that he changed header photos, and it looks like OBJ is apparently going to be made available if the Browns keep losing. Uh, my God, uh, I can't believe we're doing this again. Like, I feel like we do this every freaking year, but we do, we do every year. And um, I, go ahead. Yeah. Tell me what you I think. I just was so annoyed because our offense looked so great and all of our receivers were so involved and played really well. And then people were still like, we need more wide receivers. And what really pissed me off if you're listening and you did this, stop photoshopping OBJ and a 13 Packers jersey. Do not disrespect Alan Lazard like that. Thank you. That made me so mad. I saw it and I was just kind of scrolling on my phone and I'm like, oh, Alan Lazard. And I click on it and it was OBJ. I'm like, no, I don't like that. 
that is not okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it just, I feel like if you're going to get one of the two, there's, first of all, there's no way the Bears are going to be trading Allen Robinson to the Packers. That's just. We would have to give up so much for them to even kind of agree to do that. Like, and just give us one of their best players. Like, no, I mean, that's not going to happen. In a weird way, I kind of would love to see that happen just to see Bears Twitter implode. Like, they would just freak out, and it would be really funny. But, again, I don't see that one happening uh, unless they're giving away OBJ for, you know, like a, a third and a fifth like they kind of did. Like the, uh, the the Steelers did for Antonio Antonio Brown, like ah, maybe I don't know, but again, the 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 amount of money that he is owed over the next couple of years, like I just I I find it hard to believe. We're trying to figure out ways to pay Bakhtiari. We're trying to find ways to pay Kevin King, and all of a sudden you're like, you know what we should do is go get another high price wide receiver and Aaron Jones. Like and there's Aaron potential jo- that Aaron Jones is on that list too. So I don't think he's actually on that list. It's sad. Like, I'm sad. Like, I would love to see him on the list. But if you're giving me the options of Kevin King, David Bakhtiari, and Aaron Jones, he comes in third on that list, mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, especially in a year that potentially has cap casualties and, like, a reduced cap. This, that like, running back is not the – this is not the time to pay a running back a lot of money when you're tight on the budget. So Very true. I wanted to get your reaction on something. What did you think of Greg Jennings as a uh, a, a commentator on the game for week one? I have to say that I was pleasantly surprised with him on Sunday. I was – I should have, you know, at least given him a chance going in, but I just had very low expectations for what he was going to bring to the table. And – from start to finish, I thought he was very professional the entire time. I mean, I know it, it was kind of hard to critique the Packers, especially Aaron Rodgers, who I know there's been issues with that in the past um, when he played so well. But even at the beginning of the game, in some pregame talk and then – or before and the at the beginning of the game in pregame talk and just throughout the game, he was complimentary of the Packers. And I think he also really provided – kind of similar to Romo and why Romo was so great, just that different perspective of the game and what's happening. Um, there was a few times, um, it's slipping my mind, what was he talking about with Lazard, Steve? Oh, when uh, when Lazard was going, got his big reception down the middle of the field, he threw his hand up. Right. And normally to us normal fans who don't, you know, study like playbooks and all that kind of stuff, that would be signaling, hey, I'm wide open, throw me the ball. But no, that like Jennings broke down the fact that that was actually signaling the fact that I'm breaking off my route, what I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be doing, and I'm running straight. And Aaron Rodgers saw that, hit him, and got down inside the five-yard line. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting, just how he, with the perspective that he brought to the table. And I thought, you know, throughout, I was pleased. And I don't think he said anything that was controversial, um, and I don't think he made any digs at anyone, which I think a lot of us were maybe expecting that that might happen. And, yeah, I know he's on the game again this week, and I don't really expect anything different. Yeah, I was legitimately wanting to hate the fact that he was going to be on there, and I was ready to jump on comments that he would make me like, ah, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, he, he's hating on Aaron Rodgers. But, man, he – again, like you said, he was a, he was a consummate professional. He, he did his job well. He was – not tipping his hand one way or the other towards like a favoritism of a team. Um, 
again, like I thought he was, he did really good. I thought him, Brock Heward, like together worked really well. Like you got some really good insights on things. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, like I'm actually I'm a, I'm excited for the fact that they're back again for this week because I mean they broke down the game really well and I thought uh, it was a lot of fun. So. Next thing up, uh, I did not get to listen to Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers today. You did. So why don't you break down what happened with Rodgers talking to us about the purple drink? Yeah. I I was so happy when I saw this because literally at the end of the podcast last, last week, you were like, we'll see what purple drink Aaron Rodgers has. So I'm I like, mean, oh. I knew it was gonna, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he listens to the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but – Basically, of course, Pat McAfee was like, and AJ Hawk were like, what's in the purple drink? Why was it purple? And he said that he doesn't pick what color the drink <laughs> is. But I don't know if I can sure. believe that one. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, but he magically only drinks the purple ones when they play the Vikings. Yeah, I'm like, what a coincidence. <laughs> but um, he said it was actually Pedialyte, and that's what he was drinking on the sideline, and that it's <laughs> – he has Pedialyte sometimes on the sideline. I think he said Gatorade, a couple other things. And he's like, it just happened to be purple this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah. it'll be light blue uh, next week. Light blue Gatorade. In a, in a nondescript bottle, like no Gatorade sign, no nothing. But no, no, it just happened to be purple. I don't know how that happened in an empty water. But yeah, okay. Crazy. Sure. Absolutely crazy. I absolutely believe that. Okay, we've got some, some Packers news, some... Updates and everything. Number one, it sucks to find out that Lane Taylor is officially going on IR. Uh, that really, that was a kick downstairs. Not uh, not fun for anybody to see. But I mean, the only, I guess, positive out of everything, like it, it was really nice to see like the outreach on Twitter to him, uh, like past players. Uh, like I saw Mike Daniels. I saw I think T.J. Lang, a couple other guys, like former Packers players, players reaching out to him and stuff like that. Just shows the kind of player that he is, the person that he is. So that was really cool to see. So hopefully he'll be back stronger next year and can get a little luckier on the injury front. Um, we're still waiting on news on Kenny Clark. They said it probably could take a like a couple more days. Hopefully with a groin injury, we'll we'll see. Lucas Patrick got some good news that he's probable to play in the game this week with the Lions. So, I mean, right. there's, there's at that. least that. Yeah, I mean, that that's some good news. Like, the big thing is Kenny Clark, obviously. You lose Lane Taylor, and that sucks. You know, uh, John Runyon stepped in, did some good stuff. Um, Billy Turner will be back at some point in the next couple of weeks here. Don't yeah. know when that'll happen, but I mean, you've got some guys that'll be able to step in, like maybe not exactly Lane Taylor, but still good enough. Um, yeah, and but, I know they shifted Wagner in there um, and he throughout the game, great. and he played. Yeah, like the, there was no sacks. Aaron Rodgers had all the time in the world multiple times. Like the line played really well before and after Lane Taylor went down. So I think they'll be able to um, shift some things around and be all right. So yeah, I think the big news everybody holding their breath is Kenny Clark. So we'll uh, yeah. fingers crossed. Uh, everybody knock on some wood, and uh, hopefully we'll get some good news on that. But Sarah, you for Cheese at TV now you are doing the weekly game recap, correct? Like every single week, you'll write uh, like news and notes about what you saw from the game, takeaways, everything like that, right? Yeah. So pretty much after every game, uh, hour or two after the game, depending on when the press 
post-game pressers are and how long it takes um, for those to end. I'll just kind of do a round, a quick roundup of here's what happened in the game, basically recap each scoring drive for both teams, um, and then kind of split it out from there on what we learned, what went right, what went wrong, and then name the offensive MVP. Um, or if there's more than one, I'll list a few, and then same um, on the defensive side of things. All right, you want to give us like the highlights from week one for that you uh, that you pulled from your article? Yeah, so I mean, I'll just break down the what we learned um, and go from there. So what we learned, I said, New Year, same defense. Um, <laughs> at times, it was a little alarming, especially on like the fir- the first few drives uh, when Dalvin Cook was just kind of running his way um, through our defense. And um, I was cautiously optimistic. I talked about this a lot um, in the offseason about how our run defense would improve. And I'm just really hoping that it does. But I'm, I know it got better and Dalvin Cook was held um, short a few, quite a few times in the second half. But there were still moments where it like looked like last season and I'm like please no not again so and and yeah and Madison like Dalvin Cook wasn't the most like Madison rushed for like six times for like 50 yards too so yeah and it was just like please tackle him like please <laughs> and obviously like our secondary I think is continuing to improve and um has been and has been trending upwards the past couple of seasons but I'm really worried about um stopping the run what went right, I said, was the offense, which I think you guys are probably sick of hearing everyone talk about how great the Packers' offense was on Sunday, but it really was crazy. I mean, if you would have told me the Packers would have put up 43 points on the Vikings last week, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, so if Sunday's any indication of what a second year in um, this system looks like, then sign me up. Like, I want to watch that every weekend. It was really fun. It was really efficient. So many players were involved. I know on, like, the first drive, literally every position player on offense was involved except A.J. Dillon. Like, that's crazy that they were shifting in guys um, in and out like that. What went wrong? Um, We already talked about this, but I just said injuries. Obviously, Kenny Clark, like we said, is the big um, eyebrow raise there. Like, that's we do not want to lose Kenny Clark, and we really need him. Um, Offensive MVPs, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I mean, those two were sensational. Um, they both broke um, records, actually, uh, on Sunday. So Rodgers passed Eli Manning on the all-time passing touchdown list. So now he is number seven. And whatever he saw in his 2010 tape that he adjusted and is continuing to adjust, I just want him to keep doing that because obviously it's working. And then Devontae <laughs> Adams, um, obviously 14 receptions for 156 yards and two touchdowns um, and With that performance, he tied the franchise record for most receptions in a single game. And um, the last time someone had 14 receptions in a single game was Don Hudson versus the Giants in 1942. So long time ago. And then if he wouldn't if he wouldn't have bobbled that ball on the sideline, he would have had 15. I know. And then defensive MVP was Jari or Alexander. I mean, he had the safety. He had an interception. I, we've talked about it countless times. This is the year where we think he can really make a big leap, and it looks like he's he's headed in that direction when, in week one. So, yeah, that was kind of the recap of the game. Did you happen to see, like, all of the, the wide receivers and tight ends running wide open if he doesn't make that sack? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, I just want to make sure. Like, my I was watching the game with my dad, and I, I like we get excited about the sack, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is amazing! Holy crap!" And all of a sudden, they did the replay. I'm like, "Oh my god!" There was like four dudes wide open. Like, thank God he made the sack. It was an awesome play, and it was his instinct play. But I wonder how that'll get graded out by Mike Patton of like, dude, you weren't supposed to do that. Yeah, he. I think he literally said like, "I slid in in the DMs." Is how he described yeah. it because he said the play wasn't. Um, written up but yeah my my dad and I were watching the game and we were just like you said the same thing like oh my gosh yes a safety and then when they played it back he was like oh my god everyone is open <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that's the time if you're going to make that blitz on the half yard line that's the time to do it I mean he got in quick and it made a secure sack like it was a as a hell of a play from him so yeah that was a lot of fun I mean that's a that's a great article. I got to read it too right after the game, which was always really cool. And I think my biggest takeaway was that offense, like doing the things that we were hoping they would do last year. You saw the glimpses, you saw the flashes, and they took a whole game, did everything you wanted them to do. And the fact that Rodgers was throwing like in rhythm, that was my biggest take. One of my biggest takeaways was like, Holy crap, he's taking the small shots, he's waiting, he's being patient to take the the home runs when he when he gets them, but he's making the right reads, he's getting the ball out and I mean if MVS makes that catch on third down, like he is just gone. And oh, like it was just it was just a, a masterful performance. Like I forget, I think it was I was watching a video from Dan Orlovsky saying how, you know, you got to compliment Rodgers because him keeping things in rhythm and taking those taking the you know the the open shot like the open receiver right away when it was there helps get Lafleur into a good rhythm as a play caller and it just continued like to you know snowball in a good way that all of a sudden the Packers offense is just flowing and it, and you saw it the whole game which is what we had been complaining about all years like last year was like it's great there's some spurts but there's so many like lulls in this thing and like if they could ever put it all together for a whole game, and that's what you saw, and it was yeah. just just outstanding. It was art. Oh, it was it so art. cool. All right, so we've got uh, Packers offense versus the Lions defense. Uh, I will say this is probably where we're going to miss Dusty the most because uh, he he's always the one that can get like deep into that kind of stuff of uh, what the formations that will be successful and all that kind of stuff. So. I'm sure he'll be tweeting some things out in some of his articles. I'm sure we'll highlight some of the things to look for in this game. But what we'll do is what we always do is, Sarah, why don't you give me the big thing that you're going to be looking for uh, from the Packers offense versus the Lions defense this week? Yeah, so what I'm really interested in is seeing how the Packers use A.J. Dillon. So there was a couple times where in week one, Um, I know one time in particular at the beginning of the game, we were like on the two or three yard line and we could not get in the end zone. And I'm like, this is why we have AJ Dillon. Like (laughs) let him go in there and just push through everyone and score. Um, So there was a few times where that happened where it was like third and one or, you know, something like that. And I'm like, put AJ Dillon in, like give Aaron Jones a break for a second and just let AJ Dillon push his way through. Like, and then they used him a few times, um, very minimally. But when they did, it literally took, like, three guys to tackle him. Like, he trucked through a couple people. So, I mean, I think he's going to be a guy that you'll see, and they did do this um, in week one, where 
he doesn't, you know, get a lot of reps in the first half. But then when defenses are starting to get worn down in the second half, it's like, oh, here we go. Here's A.J. Dillon when your defense is tired already, and he's just going to come run through. So I'm interested to see how they use him um, this week. I'd honestly like to see him um, a little bit more. Um, And I know um, there was a lot of talk on Twitter about just how they were utilizing the running backs in general. And so something I'm going to be looking for, um, because I wasn't necessarily like toned in on it and really looking for it um, this week, is how they will use A.J. Dillon. Uh, I will be looking at the wide receivers. I mean, they put up a monster, monster performance uh, because everybody, you know, in the offseason complained like, oh, man, the Fleur is transitioning this offense to a rushing offense. And, oh, my God, but Rodgers is over 360 yards, um, you know, four touchdowns. And I don't know if you know this, Sarah, but the Lions are slightly dinged up at the uh, defensive back position. Uh, yeah. Justin Justin Coleman, one of their cornerbacks, is now on IR. Uh, Akuda, their I think whatever pick he's they were at, like number five, there he's uh, he's yeah, banged up. Uh, Desmond Trufant, who used to be really good, is also on their team, but now he's banged up. And I think the latest note that I saw um, is they are bringing in. They're bringing in four defensive backs for workouts this week. Yeah, they've got Jalen Watkins, the former Chargers and Texans DBs in there for a, a tryout. I mean, it's I mean it's setting up for some really really good stuff for this Packers offense again if they continue to do the like the smart things of getting the ball out in rhythm, getting it out quickly, not letting Trey Flowers affect the game that much. I mean, it's setting up for the Packers to go to an O. We know things obviously can go haywire pretty quickly, but to me it seems like it's something that's with the way that the Packers offense played and the Lions being dinged up. I mean, for God's sakes, they gave up they lost to Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. They, lost to, they were up twenty three to six in the fourth quarter. And they yeah. lost. I mean, to be fair, DeAndre Swift catches that ball. It's a completely different oh, story. Gosh, yeah. That was so. That was like so cringeworthy. I felt I, so I bad for that kid. I cringed. Like I had switched it over because that game was ending right when the Packers game did, and so I was like, "Okay, Packers won. Woohoo! Let's see like what happens here." Because I had saw mm-hmm. that the Lions were winning, and then all of a sudden I checked my phone, and it was like, "Oh, the Bears." What happened? Yeah. So I turned it on, and then I'm like, oh, they're going to win, like, really quick in those two seconds when I saw DeAndre Swift was wide open, and then he dropped it. And I'm like, oh, mm. no. Yeah. So, it's one of those things, um, like, he's a, you just feel bad. Like, the rookie that doesn't get any preseason games, reps, like, he doesn't get, like, it. you, you hope it's one of those things that just doesn't define him, so... I mean, exactly. he, he was a talented guy. Like I'm sure he'll be, he'll bounce back just fine. And they've got a, a very solid running back group, so that's something to look out for. Um, Adrian Peterson had five rushes of over 10 yards in the game. They've got Carryon Johnson. They've got DeAndre Swift. So they've got a, a backfield that's in a weird way very similar to the Packers. So that's something to watch. But outside of the Packers' offense versus line defense, what's you know what's the other Thing you're watching for in the game? I mean, just what's going to happen with the offensive line? I think we talked about this a little bit before, but 
I'm really interested how they're going to shift guys around until Turner is 100% back and ready to go. We don't really know when that will be, but we just heard he, he could potentially be there this week. He might not. Um, if We'll see. Um, so basically, I think Wagner at right tackle was fine. Like we said, he played yeah. really well. Um, and then when Turner comes back, you could slide him into the right guard spot. But until then, I think you just shuffle guys in and out and kind of see how it goes. And so I'm assuming since Wagner played well, he's going to be at that right tackle position again this week. But again, similar to the A.J. Dillon thing, I'm just going to be keeping a little bit of a closer eye on that this week. You know, I last week I was just wide-eyed with excitement about the offense and the, specifically Aaron Rodgers and the wide receivers and what they were doing that – now I'm going to take a closer look at some of the other aspects of the offense, too. I think one of the other things I'm going to be looking at is running back usage. Uh, we saw A.J. Dillon get, like, what, two carries, three carries? I'm not sure. It was something very small, but looked to be very effective running over linebackers for the Vikings. Um, so I'll be in, interested to see if that role slightly increases for him. I, I found myself yelling at the TV a little bit just because I felt like Aaron Jones wasn't being utilized enough. I felt like sitting him out, you know, a whole series when Jamal Williams just takes the whole series out, like the second series of the game. Like I'm second series of the game, you're taking Aaron Jones off the field completely. Like I, I struggle to understand how you can't. Well, work. I know on the first drive too, he got hit pretty hard. And I think someone tweeted that he kind of looked dazed for a second. So I don't know if maybe that had anything to do with it in week one. I guess okay. we'll have to, I mean, that's, you said you're going to look out for it in week two. Yeah. It's, I mean, I didn't, before. I didn't hear anything about that. So, I mean, if that's the case, maybe that's, maybe that's what it was. And that makes a lot of sense. But, um, and I understand you with the, when you have a running back who's five foot nine and a little bit slighter frame, you are going to be trying to watch out for him. I was happy the way that they tried to work him in near the end of the game. Like he was very, he was a little bit more effective when that defense was worn down, getting those first downs in the first, in the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, he was on ES, he was on, uh, Milwaukee sports radio today, like saying, like watching the film, he felt like there was yards that he left on the field. So you always like hearing that from the running back of like, I know I can do better. There's yards there. There's even more yards there for me. So that'll be, that's what I want to watch. I want to see what kind of usage they're using. Like I feel like they're, they're pushing all the right buttons in week one. So hopefully week two will be pretty similar. And uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're all excited about a, a one and O Packers start, and you know who else is one and O, Sarah? That's me, because we had a prop. You can't. <laughs> I can't even say about this because you're you're literally <laughs> literally on the record saying, "Well, I really want to take the under, but you guys both did, so I guess I have to take the over." <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was sending. I sent you guys both DMs, kind of trying to talk some trash to you, and I couldn't even do it because I, I didn't. I just, I felt like I had to take it, so we didn't all agree on the exact same thing. But uh, what did we have? So that was Aaron Rodgers at two touchdowns and two hundred yards. No, it was two seventy five, right? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I don't remember. I'm trying to find the exact. DM that I sent you guys, but I, I know it was way more than 200. Uh, but it was, yeah, so the the prop bet was Aaron Rodgers had to go two touchdowns and 275 yards, and that would cover the over. And if he only hit one of the two numbers, that would be the under. So 
you and Dusty went first, and you both said you would take the under, and I actually wanted to take the under, but I wanted to be contrarian to you two, so I picked the over. And then he, Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers again, and I was having a good time with that. So He listened to the podcast. And yeah, he knows, he knows what's up. He These idiots make... picked the under. And <laughs> that Steve guy, he's really smart. I have to I have to make sure that I throw for over, three, for over 275 yards and two touchdowns. So. Uh, well, right now the record is sitting at me at one and zero, and you and Dusty at zero and one. But uh, we will be rotating as to who decides what the prop bet is going to be every week. So, Sarah, this is your week to decide what it is. So, why don't you let everybody know what you decided on? Yes. So, we're sticking to the theme of the offense since that was the talk this week. Um, so, my prop bet for this week is Devonte Adams two touchdowns, and over 120 yards. That's my prop bet. I'm taking the over. I am going to just put myself out there. Lions secondary is banged up. Rodgers to Adams is hot. It's ready to go. I'm feeling it. I I hope it happens. If I'm wrong, I'm going to be sad. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We did get Dusty's opinion on this. He, this is his quote. He says, I want to take the over, but I think I'll take the under. So, I mean, that's Dusty in a nutshell for you. Wanting to, (laughs) wanting to take the big step, but couldn't really pull the trigger on it. So wanting to join us on the podcast, but could do it because he had to write an article. So, I am actually going to take the under as well. I think we kind of talked about it, and I think, you know, two weeks in a row, two touchdowns over 120 yards, I think that's a pretty tall task. But I said if you would have given me 10 catches, 120 yards, I would have taken the over on that. But I think it's the like the two touchdowns, two weeks in a row, that for me is going to be a little bit harder. Like the Packers have shown that they're definitely going to want to spread the ball around. They're going to get a – a lot of guys, a lot of touches, and if all of a sudden they're running the ball well, like maybe they don't need to throw it as much. So, it, again, it's one of those things like this is the fun part of it now is for picking Packers victories or, you know, and predicting the score. It's one of those things. But, I mean, if if Devontae Adams goes over 120 and gets the two touchdowns, okay, I'll, I'll be all right with that. I'll still be yeah, happy. Like, that's like, that was me this week. I'm like, this is a loss that I will take any day of the <laughs> <laughs> I know Steve's going to rub it in a little bit, but I can take that for the week. So, Yep. Um, okay, before we get into the questions from everybody, I just want um, one side note on the Allen Robinson stuff. I'm going to retweet a video. Um, if you guys have ever seen the all the videos for, like, Lost Cats and Dogs and everything with Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background, they do it for uh, Allen Robinson and how Mitchell Trubisky and Blake Bortles suck and they throw horrible passes to him. It's so worth the two minutes of the video because all of a sudden in the middle of it, there's a kid who talks about how there's wide receivers that under are underappreciated and you need to call this number to support it. And Oh, my God, it's so funny. So I will retweet that out tonight uh, to make sure everybody is able to get a listen to it. It's really funny. It really caught me off guard. Like, I thought it was just a sad, like, video montage. And then when the kid popped up and he was like, every year. Many wide receivers, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he really he went all out. <laughs> no, it's it's very very well done. So, uh, yeah, we'll put that out there to make sure everybody gets a chance to see it. 
We always uh, ask for questions from you guys every week and definitely brought it this week. We got a bunch of questions, um, some we obviously aren't able to get to. I think we had over like 15 or 20 questions this week, which was awesome. And so we will start uh, with a little rapid fire. So I will say we do want to apologize because some of the questions clearly were meant right for Dusty and like formation questions and like what do you expect to see from the offensive line and all these type of things that Sarah and I are just like, yeah, I'm not going to answer that. So uh, maybe Dusty will look through them and answer them on Twitter for you guys. But uh, we'll start actually with one of our podcast uh, friends, Jacob Westendorf, wants to know, what Oreos did everyone eat in celebration on Sunday evening? So we'll start with Dusty because he actually tweeted this to us beforehand. We were all talking about how excited we were, and I was talking about the chili that I was making and everything. And Dusty pops into the uh, Twitter DMs and is telling us that he's all set because he has the family size package of peanut butter Oreos. And then he also got the limited edition maple cream Oreos that he was going to be having for the game. So he was good to go. Sarah, did you uh, get any Oreo action after the game? I did. When I saw that Jacob asked us this, I had to smile because I'm like, oh, he got me. Um, Super on brand for us. But, yeah, after the game, I wrote my story. I made dinner. And then I looked in, in my pantry. I saw the mint Oreos. And I'm like, should I do it? Should I do it? And I'm like, yep, Packers won. I'm going to do it. So <laughs> I enjoyed some mint Oreos to celebrate the Packers win. Uh, sadly, I am not supposed to be keeping, like, sweet things in my house. So if I do ever have Oreos, they have to be hidden so my wife doesn't eat them. So I do not right now have any Oreos in my house, so I did not eat any of those. I celebrated with a uh, with a bowl of chili and a good glass of bourbon. So I, uh, for any of the people that are listening that enjoy bourbons, I had a, a nice glass of Blanton's, and it was it was very delightful, and I enjoyed myself. I would have loved to have some Oreos, but uh, sadly none were in the house. Um, so... But, Jacob, obviously, great question, obviously, on brand for us. You guys, you know us very, very well. So, next one we got is from Don P., and he wants to know, which of you three are the biggest Packers fan and share evidence why? Sarah, you and I both really liked this question, but we decided that we need to push it off a week just because Dusty is not here, so... This seems like it, it, like a you know WWF brawl between the three of us to de- to declare who's the biggest Packers fan. So uh, we definitely need to uh, wait a week, right? Yeah, to be continued. <laughs> uh, okay, next up we've got Travis Mack, one of our good friends. He actually sent me a thing of Oreos uh, last year, the maple cream, which I do maintain tastes like a pancake, like a cookie pancake, and it's just outstanding. I still haven't tried those. I need to. Yeah, no, they're definitely worth a try. Uh, I'm not normally one for like the golden Oreo cookie, but yeah, that one that one maintains. It's it's a good one. But he wants to know who do you see stepping up if defenses start to uh, double Adams. So let's just start with this week. If if the Lions start, you know, rolling the safety over the top on Devontae to double him up, who do you think is the next guy up for the Packers? Who are they going to go to? Yeah, this is a great question because I think there's so much talk about, you know, Alan Lazard is listed as number two on the depth chart, but is it really MVS? That's kind of the guy that Rodgers is going um, to in those situations. I personally think it's Alan Lazard, but um, that's really just because I think he has a little bit of 
Aaron Rodgers has a little bit of greater trust in him than MBS right now. I think MBS and Aaron Rodgers have definitely grown in the offseason. You could just tell they were a little more in sync than they had been at times. Rodgers is really hyping them up instead of getting frustrated like he did um, in previous seasons. But I just think the trust is there a little bit more for Alan Lazard. You know, MBS has still had a few drops that if he, like we said before, if he was able to hold on to the ball, that could have been huge plays. There was definitely yards that were left on the field. So I'm going to go with Alan Lazard on this one just because I think he's proven himself a itsy, little itsy bit more. And um, that's really the guy I think. I mean, he's number two on the depth chart, so I'm just going to stick with that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I feel I feel a little slightly different. Like, I felt like Rodgers already knows that he's got it with Lazard, and he is trying to make sure that that MVS's confidence stays there. I mean, more evident than ever that he went back to him multiple times after those two drops, like the one on third down, the deep bomb to him that hit him in the hands and fell out, and he still went back to him. Like, I feel like that is something different than the last couple of years of Aaron Rodgers where he would have just been like, nope, I am done with you. Put him on the bench. Give me anybody else. I don't care. But he like you saw him like get super excited for his touchdown and go over and even skip over Alan Lazard's dap or whatever yeah. the hell a dap is. I don't know. I'm too old for that. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, getting super excited with him, giving him high fives on the shoulders and getting him revved up. So, like, I feel like you're right. Like, he does have the connection with Zard, knows he's there, but he's really trying to make sure that uh, that MVS is there. I will say, though, if if uh, the team start doubling up on, on Adams, I want to see more of the running back group. I want to see that screen game starting to work a little bit more. I mean, what, Aaron Jones had, I think, four catches for 10 yards. Uh, it just it, it wasn't effective the way it's been in the past, and I think that's something that they would want to see. So, I want to see more from AJ Dillon. I want to see some more um, more positive plays from Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. And I think if they're once once they're starting to be even more effective, then all of a sudden the wide receivers are even more wide open. So, it's uh, it's really fun to think about the Packers' offense at once when you have multiple guys that can catch the ball at all these different positions. So. Overall, it's uh, it's really exciting. Um, we've got one more question from Joshua Kisscamp. Uh, uh, he has a two-parter, and you know what the second part is. You know it's a food question, but uh, we'll start with the first part. If you had to start a franchise with five core players from the NFC North not on the Packers, who are they and what are your factors? So Sarah and I like this question a lot. We decided to make a list together almost. Biggest factor I think we both thought would be age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of put the cap at like 28. Uh, if, if I'm starting a franchise and I'm taking core players, I want some. I want the younger, talented players, uh, want a couple on both sides of the ball. So what's uh, what's one of the guys that you, that, uh, you thought right away was – uh, from the NFC North and apparently not on the Packers team. Yeah, so obviously if you want to build a, a great team, I think you need a, a, at least a decent running back. So um, we agreed that Dalvin Cook would definitely be a great option there. I mean, everyone knows. Yep. I, don't, I don't think I really need to elaborate on that. He's a great player. Um, we've seen it time and time again. He's young. And 
yeah, he would be a great addition to start our packeting podcast <laughs> franchise. <laughs> Co-GMs, I like it. Uh, next up, we staying on the offensive side of the ball, we were looking at wide receivers uh, because, well, Sarah will get into the quarterbacks in a little bit. Um, but we decided to go with Kenny Galladay as a younger wide receiver, super talented, uh, tall, can catch anything, super fast. Like, he's – if I'm not taking Devontae Adams, if I'm not taking anybody from the Packers, like, that's the guy. That's the guy that I would want to start – help start a franchise with. Have him being able to line up on the on the outside, like, every single play, that's, that's the guy you want. So – uh, Sarah, what about the def- defensive side of the ball? Yeah, so, I mean, not to just pick another player on the Vikings, but we have limited options here. So, um, <laughs> Gake, we've talked about him before, how he was a great addition to the Vikings defense. And, you know, we were a little worried about him in week one, but I, I don't think he was a huge factor. I think when the Packers and Vikings play again later in the season, we might see a little bit more of him. Um, but you know he was really new to the team at that time. There wasn't, uh, wasn't a, there wasn't a preseason. So um, I think he'll kind of work his way in. But he's a great guy. He's he's young. Um, he's obviously just a beast. Like we talked about this, yeah. he's so good. Um, and yeah, again, like these were kind of just really based on age and skill level at that point. And so to have a guy like that on your defense, that's someone you could build you could build around. Yeah, and we were trying to think like multiple levels of the defense, offense, that kind of stuff. And that's where we ended up with taking safety Eddie Jackson off the Bears, who is just, I mean, every time they play the Packers, like you you see him. He's flashing all over the field. He can intercept. He can tackle. He can make plays in the backfield. Like he's all over the place. And for a young safety to be that talented, that's that's definitely somebody that you would want to build around as a core player. So, Definitely would would say out of the three other teams in the NFC North, that's one of the guys that we decided to take. Um, quarterback, do you want to dive in a little bit? So for for some background, Steve's asking me like, "Oh, what do we want to cap the age at?" And I'm like in my head going through just players to pick a team around, and I in the middle of his question started laughing, and he's like, "Why are you <laughs> laughing at my question?" And I'm like. I was just thinking about quarterbacks because, you know, when you're building a team, you kind of think, oh, there should probably be a quarterback. And I'm like, I'm not really sure I would want any of them if they weren't Aaron Rodgers. Like, <laughs> I I just don't know. It's not it's not pretty. Yeah, so what we basically ended up saying, uh, Nick, Nick Foles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I don't want Mitch Trubisky. Matt Stafford's too old. Uh, I don't want Kirk Cousins. Like I can't take anybody off the Packers. Like technically, you'd be like, oh, I'll take Jordan Love or something like that. But nope, no, he's not, he's on the Packers. You can't do that. So yeah, it was uh, it was a little tough. Um, so then we ended up kind of arguing between. Roquan Smith and Trey Flowers, and Roquan Smith is younger. That gives you the the second that layer of the middle linebacker, and you know, you guys know if you've listened once or twice, I kind of think it's important to have a decent middle linebacker. So that's kind of where we ended up. He was the best of what they have around, and yeah, so that's our that's our core young players. We go Kenny Galladay, Dalvin Cook, Eddie Jackson, Yannick Ngakwe, and Roquan Smith. Um, 
It'll be interesting. We'll have to draft a quarterback pretty high <laughs> because, uh, uh, you know, maybe we can end up with a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence. That would be a good thing for us. Yeah, but we'll, we'll tank that, that's kind of so we can uh, get a higher draft pick. <laughs> It's all strategy, all long-term strategy. Exactly, exactly. We know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. That's why we uh, have the jobs as GMs. Uh, second part of Joshua's question was, what is your favorite tailgate main dish, side, and dessert combo? So you guys know us. We always love the food questions. So, Sarah, what is your, uh, what's your go-to at the tailgate? Yes, so main dish, chicken wings. I think that's perfect tailgate food. Side dish, buffalo chicken dip. So Steve was like, don't you have to bake that? But in Florida, at least, like they have it at the store where you can just pretty much keep it in one of those like heated containers and it'll be fine. Um, And it's super good. Love that. And then dessert, I would say cookies for tailgate because like you're outside, it's easy to put on your plate. I mean, Oreos would be great, but also, like, a good chocolate chip cookie is always nice at a tailgate, something like that. I know in Florida, sure. there's always, like, the assorted, and I mean, everywhere else, but I'm thinking, like, at Publix, at, like, our grocery store, there's, like, the big things of the assorted cookies where it's, like, chocolate chip, sprinkles, sugar, peanut butter, snickerdoodle, like, everything in one, and those are always, like, a must because they're just easy to have. You can eat you. You know, it's not, like, messy. It's not going to melt. So that's the thing. Like, in Florida, it's always hot. So anything that is going to melt um, is a no-no. So those are my three. Chicken wings, buffalo chicken dip, and cookies. All right. uh, My main dish, I am going to go with a burger and then a brat or Italian sausage that is cut in half and then put on top of the burger. Uh, that's always, uh, it's always quite the, you know, I started doing that at Brewers games and my brother did that and I was like, Oh my God, that's a game changer. So that's always a good one. Get some mustard on top of that. That's a, that's a lot of fun. As far as the side, like, you know, when you're doing tailgates, it's, it's much more simplistic. I, when I do that kind of stuff, I want, I want some like real potato chips. So you're talking like, you know, ruffles with the, the ridges or Lay's potato chips and then a good French onion dip. That's uh, that's a home that run to me. That was like my second choice. That's always a yeah. Place. Those are good. And then one of my mom's friends makes uh, mint brownies. So it's a regular brownie, and then it's a layer of like mint frosting, and then a layer of uh, chocolate frosting over the top of it. But it's thin, so it's not like I'm not a big frosting guy. Like I can't have too okay. much. Um, but oh man, when you, you have a couple of those and holy crap, those are outstanding. So, uh, so yeah, thank you guys for all the questions. It's always fun to hear what you guys want to, want to know about. So hopefully Dusty can answer a couple more and we'll make sure to argue next week about who is the biggest Packers fan out of the three of us. That'll be a good time. Um, but yeah, again, always appreciate the questions from you guys on Twitter. Sarah, that kind of is going to wrap it up for us. What do you got as your closing thoughts for the night? Yeah, well, thank you everyone that um, followed along and read my uh, game recap this week. I know I mentioned last week that I was going to look for takeaways um, from you guys um, to include in my story. And so many of you so graciously um, commented and shared what your takeaways were. So just Thank you for that. That was really awesome to see. And I, I mean, like, even though I only included a handful, I literally, literally read every single one. It was super cool to see what you guys had to say and how excited you were with 
what Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams were doing. And it's just an awesome time to be back and to be back writing with She's Head TV. So, um, again, be on the lookout this week. There will be another story following the game and at halftime and at the end of the game, I'll be turning to you guys for your thoughts. Um, other than that, same old, same old. Our DMs are always open. Um, you can always message us, uh, you know, keep making good choices, wear a mask and you can, be kind to one another and just, you know, tell your friends, family, you love them, check up on people when you can. And, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, I'm always here. My DMs are always open. Outstanding. Um, echo everything Sarah just said. It's I'm just excited that football is back. It's it's been a much needed. Um, I, I I really haven't watched baseball. I really haven't watched basketball. But when football came back, I was like, okay, like this is like I'm legit watching this. This is, I'm watching it all day, and uh, it was it was just a it was a good day. It was fun. Like I got my kids to watch a little bit with me, but you know how that goes. Um, <laughs> five, five and two, so they basically watch for four minutes, and then all of a sudden we're like running around like crazy people. So, uh, but just just a lot of fun, and uh, I'm excited to to do it all again next week. So. Um, also shout out to, uh, Maggie Loney because she was the champion of the pack a day podcast fantasy football league last year. And I beat her in week one this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Wait, so <laughs> you won your fantasy game this week with, with no. Maggie. Okay. All right. Is that the only league that you're in? Oh, no, no. I'm in yeah. three other leagues besides that. I'm in a league that I've been in. It's the same group of us for years now. And I, crushed one of my really good friends and like he had a terrible sports weekend like every single one of his his baseball team lost his college team lost and his NFL team lost and then I just like crushed him in fantasy and he was just saying yeah, this is the worst weekend ever <laughs> and, but it was funny because he said like well I wanted sports back and this is what I get but I'll take they're, this pain they're I'll bad it's it better again. I guess it's better than no sports but ugh uh, but yeah, so it's a 14 team league. It's a lot. It's just, I mean, just for fun with the pack a day, we just talk trash to each other. So it's a good time. So, uh, but I'm sure now that I talk trash about Maggie, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be curb stomped next week by whoever I play. So it'll be a lot. <laughs> exactly. But that's the beauty of fantasy football. Like one week you're up, one week you're up, the next week you're like the worst in the league. So. Uh, thank you guys for listening, Sarah. It's been a lot of fun. We hopefully Dusty will be back next week. We will put ungodly amounts of pressure on him that even if he has to write his articles, he's still going to be part of the podcast. So um, make sure you guys tweet him that that's at dusty evilly, send him messages, do whatever you need to, to make sure he's back. Follow Sarah at Sarah Keller four. I'm at Steve Peretch and at pack a podcast. So thank you again for all your questions. Thanks for listening. Um, we will talk to you guys next week after a Packers victory over the lions. And as always go pack, go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.